Hi, I'm Rumbi, and I'm just a normal Christian girl doing what she loves to do, and that's speaking about Jesus. Welcome to my podcast. A space where we motivate, encourage, and help each other walk boldly in our journeys with God. Each week, we discuss lessons from the Bible, relevant topics, and much more. So grab your Bible, bring your coffee and pens, and let's dive straight into today's episode. I'm your host, Rumbi Tsachimisa, and welcome to Just a Normal Christian Girl Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Just a Normal Christian Girl Podcast. I don't know if you guys can tell by my voice, but I'm super excited because I'm joined by a very, very special guest, Christine Clark. She is the co-founder of a ministry called Girl Defined, along with her sister, Bethany Beal. Hey, Christine, how are you doing? Hey, girl, I am doing great here in Texas, and I'm super pumped to have this conversation with you. Yes, I'm super excited. Before we get into this, I just wanted to thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time with me and have this conversation. I'm really excited. I am too. And thanks for having me on to have this conversation. It sounds like what we're going to talk about, which is all things girls and womanhood. It's one of my favorite conversations. Yes. So today we're going to talk about one of the books you and your sister wrote called, and it's actually your first book, called Girl Defined, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity. But before we get into that, I just want to get to know you a little bit more. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the ministry you and your sister started? Yeah, so a little bit about me personally. I have been married to my husband, Zach, for um, over 10 years. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary, so super in love with him. Still love the guy and love that we've had so much time together. And um, a huge part of our journey is that we were not able to have kids and went through many years of infertility, recurrent miscarriage, are still uncertain as to what the problem is, still don't have biological children, but the Lord led us down the road on the beautiful path of adoption a year ago. And we went on a journey to bring home some kiddos from the country of Ukraine. So Texans flying over to Ukraine and the Lord opened the door for us to adopt two brothers precious boys. And we finalized the adoption and brought the boys home four months ago. So our life, my life has changed drastically in the past few months, but it's been so wonderful. I mean, that they are transitioning into our family and us with them better than any of us could have ever imagined. So it's just so beautiful to see God's hand and how he brings families together and builds families. And sometimes it looks very different than what we've always imagined. And that's so true for my story, but God is so good. Um, my sister, Bethany and I, we are really close, um, really close in age and really close in our relationship. We're like less than two years apart. So we grew up doing everything together, the good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and I'm the older one and I wasn't always the best influence on her. So I think I'm trying to make up for the last time, but we uh, started Girl Defined Ministries back in 2014. And really it was just born out of a passion for wanting to mentor younger women. We have five girls in our family and we're the two oldest. And so we have three younger sisters and we just saw growing up how much they looked up to us and would model their behavior after ours. And what we thought was cool, they thought was cool. And we just realized, wow, this is a big responsibility. Like where we go, they go in essence. And so really God just laid on our hearts, this desire to want to be good role models, to want to lead them in a biblical direction, in a Christ honoring direction, in the direction of truth. And um, that kind of gave us this passion for wanting to disciple other young women, mentorship that led us to thinking about girl defined and how there's so much in this world, trying to define us as girls 
but how God's word offers us the only true definition of what it means to be a girl, where our worth and value is found, what it means to be successful, what it means to be beautiful, all of those things, where our identity is found. And so that's when we got the idea for Girl Defined and launched, started out as a blog, turned into a YouTube channel. Um, then a publisher found us and that's when God opened the door for us to write multiple books with our first being Girl Defined. We thought that was a fitting name for the first one. And then we started a podcast about a year ago and now we're moving forward. We have a new book releasing this fall called Not Part of the Plan. Super excited about that. I know we're not talking about it, but just a little plug <laughs> because it's going to be, it's exciting. It's kind of about each of our stories about trusting God with the twists and turns of our lives and really trusting him with the plan he has for us, even though it's different than what we expected. So all that's to say, here I am still so passionate about womanhood and excited to talk about Girl Defined, our first book and God's amazing design for our femininity. Well, that's amazing. I love how you and your sister have created the space for girls around the world to come together and learn about God and learn about his design for them as women. Because in this day and age, there's so many different voices and so many different messages teaching girls about, you know, what where to find success and where to put their identity mm-hmm. in and what true beauty looks like. But most of these messages aren't biblical and they're lies right. from the enemy. And so I'm very grateful for you and your sister and the ministry you created because you help girls see and find the truth and help them walk in that truth, which is Jesus. Mm. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah. And I know we're probably going to dig into some of this stuff, but I I feel like so much of what God has taught me over the years, I'm continuing to learn and grow. You know, we never arrive till we're in heaven. Um, So still learning and growing in what it means to be a biblical woman. But I just remember when I was younger, having so many questions about, even though I grew up in a Christian family, had a really wonderful Christian mom who was engaged in my life, teaching me the Bible, discipling me. I still remember wrestling with so many struggles in my own heart of trying to find my identity in my outward appearance and beauty and the affirmation of other people or looking for it in guys, wanting to be accepted by guys, liked by guys, you know, that viewing that is like the answer to happiness and fulfillment. Um, and just then, you know, striving hard on the basketball court because I love sports and I played basketball and like, if I could just be good enough, if I could just be the best, you know, all of these things always vying for my identity and the world constantly told me like, yeah, if you could get this, or if you could be this pretty, if this guy could like you, then you would finally be really happy. Right. And so over and over again, I feel like God just showing me through going down the wrong path, believing lies, and then going back to his word and learning, okay, what does it actually mean to be a biblical woman? Like what is true? Where do I find lasting hope, true fulfillment? How do I get over these like beauty struggles and chasing after guys and all of these things? And, um, God's word just became alive to me and compelled me with his truth more and more. And that's when I found true freedom. I think from so much of the bondage was when I really understood God's design. That's awesome. So can you tell me what motivated you to write this book? Yeah, really just seeing my own struggles of looking for my identity in all the wrong places and then kind of looking at my friends and then getting older and looking at younger women who are like five, six, seven years younger than me, watching them go through the same struggles I went through, searching for answers and more often than not believing the messages of the world, chasing after that path and landing in a really, really hard place. And then wondering like what happened. And so I think really the passion came once I was older and looked back and saw those younger women and felt an urgency of like, 
someone needs to reach out to these young women and help them understand God has a beautiful plan for their femininity. He has so much to say about everything from beauty, sexuality, identity, success. I mean, all the things I've been mentioning, like God's word has so much to say and his design is so much more fulfilling and more beautiful and more holistic spiritually than anything the world has to offer. It leads to life versus destruction. And I just, my sister and I both had a passion to want to bring some message into the world that would help younger, the next generation grasp onto God's design in a tangible way. And so that's when we started brainstorming about writing a book, having a resource where we could put all of the thoughts we wanted to share biblically into a book, make it really relatable, really readable, share raw stories from our own lives, our failures, how God has grown us, um, make it about us as the sisterhood. Like, Hey girls, let's link arms, join together and let's chase after God's design. It's so good. So that's kind of where we were coming from. And then God opened the door for us to get the book published. So he really did pave the way. Yes. God is so good. You know, culture's definition of femininity and God's definition of femininity are two different things because you know, what will happen is God will say something and he will say, okay, this is why I created the woman. This is a design for women. And then the devil will take what God says, you know, Mm -hmm. twist it a bit and then make up a lie. And then he'll feed it to people and many people will stop believing that. Mm -hmm. So how do you think culture's definition of femininity differs from God's definition? Yeah, this is something we really dig deep into in our book, Girl Defined. In fact, chapter three is called Counterfeit Femininity. You've done me wrong. (laughs) And it is all about some of the pillars, some of the biggest lies that our culture presents as truths for womanhood that are really counterfeit. It's not God's actual design. And, you know, one of the biggest ones I think I see today, um, I mean, they're all pretty big, but some of the bigger ones I would say are one regarding our sexuality, right? So the world says, okay, as women, we are sexually autonomous. We make our own decisions. We make our own rules, our body, our choice, whatever we want to do in any way, shape or form is up to us. You know, as long as it's consensual, it's good. Um, and that's, what's going to lead us to true fulfillment, true happiness as women, us defining us. Um, but then we look in God's word and we see such a different picture, right? We see a picture of God defining us, of God giving us our sexuality, of God making us women, of God saying, yes, you're a sexual being, you have sexual longings and desires, but it's not meant to just be used in any way, shape or form. It's meant to be a celebration of a covenant marriage with a man. Um, In that context, it's beautiful. It's fulfilling. It's a celebration of what I've brought together in this marriage. It's a unifying force in a marriage. And it ultimately brings me glory in that capacity. And that's so different than what the world is offering us as women. But time and time again, we see that when we chase after the world's message, and we define ourselves, we embrace our sexuality in so many different ways, whatever feels right to us or culturally what the world's telling us, yeah, sleep around. It's no big deal. Do what you, you know, do what feels good. Um, every time over and over again, we see in the long haul that that path leads to destruction. It leads to disappointment. It's not landing us as women in a happier place. In fact, a statistic we talk about in our book, Girl Defined, is that despite 40 years of feminism, of women fighting for women, equality, um, everything under that banner, a survey found that women are less happy nowadays than they were before. And I think that's very, very revealing to say, okay, we as women, we're chasing, we want happiness, we want fulfillment, but we're not getting it. And so we really challenge readers in Girl to find a step back and say, what is wrong? What are we missing? Um, another example I can think of is beauty, outward appearance. And this is something that's really personal to me because I struggled for years and I share in Girl to find 
my journey of entering the modeling world, signing a one-year contract, thinking that if I just had this title of a model and I was receiving all of this affirmation from the world, that I would be so confident, so secure, not insecure anymore about anything. And I found myself in that year being more insecure, more self-obsessed, more self-absorbed, more unfulfilled than I had been before. And what I found is that I was placing beauty on a pedestal it was never meant to be on. Yes, God created women. He did make women beautiful and feminine, and that's amazing, but it's never, it was never meant to be our identity. We were never meant to use our beauty for selfish gain by getting other people's affection, affirmation, and then finding all of our worth and value in that. And that's what I was doing. And so it became an idol. Um, and it just kind of was ruining my life. And I really, after a year, had to step away from the modeling scene and say, like, my priorities are so backwards. And God took me to his word. You know, you see passages like one Psalm, Psalm 139 that talk about we're fearfully and wonderfully made and that our bodies, they're not just meant to be objects to be consumed or to be used or for us to find our identity in them. But God gave us our bodies as vessels to use for his glory. And so when I started thinking of everything about my body, from my outward appearance to every part of me as a vessel for God's glory, a temple of the Holy Spirit, God wanting me to use my body to point others to him in a righteous way, you know, like with my acts of service, with how I treat people, um, that changed everything. I became much more God-focused, like, God, how can I use my body to glorify you and serve you versus how can I use this to get affirmation and attention and finding my worth and value? So just a few pillars, I would say, of counterfeit femininity, our sexuality, our outward appearance. Those are some big ones. I mean, we could go into all sorts of other, like career and what success means and uh, family and just so many other categories. But those were some of the biggest ones that I found personally. Sounds really true. So I found it interesting when you said how when we follow culture's definition of what it means to be a woman, it leads to destruction, you know, and it's so mm -hmm. true because we can only find true worth and true satisfaction when we do things God's way, when mm -hmm. we follow God's design for womanhood and when we live that out fully. So in your book, you talked about how you grew up with women in the church and how you had Christian friends. But then they slowly started to push God's idea of femininity mm -hmm. to the side and start to embrace culture's definition. Why do you think people are drifting away from God's mm -hmm. definition? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is so sad to see so many young people, even today, growing up in Christian families, going to church, and then they hit the college years or later 20s, and they're just like slowly walking away from everything biblical, everything that God's word says, walking away from church, from Christian community, and just really embracing a godless worldview. And, you know, I think it happens for a lot of reasons, but I think it's always a slow fade, right? It's one one lie that we believe. So we might say, okay, well, the world has very strong opinions and messages about sexuality. Yeah. I don't want to be on the wrong side of history. You know, all my friends are into this, like, okay, I'm just going to go along with it because I don't want to be weird. So we compromise. We, we embrace what's popular instead of what's true biblically. And then that avalanches into something else, you know, snowballs into something else until we have an avalanche of all truth is out the window and we're just following whatever is cultural, whatever is most comfortable, whatever is most popular. Um, and I think so often it's because we lose sight of the bigger purpose for our lives as Christians. We forget that we're here on this earth for a mission to build God's kingdom, to glorify him. And that yes, persecution, rejection, cancellation, that's going to be a part of it because we are not here to fit in, but to be 
in the world, but not of the world. Right. And we, we saw that happen to Christ, the one we're following. And so I think so often we get our priorities backwards. We stop really loving God with our whole hearts and we start longing more to just fit in. Um, and that always will lead us down a path of accepting worldliness, worldly ways and rejecting God's truth. Because as we both know, um, and anyone listening probably knows God's truth isn't really fitting into our world nice and neatly anymore, is it? (laughs) (laughs) So what is God's purpose for women? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say in a nutshell that God's purpose and design for women is that we would glorify him in ways distinct to our womanhood. And so that's obviously what our whole book, Girl Define, is about unpacking. What does it mean to be distinctly feminine? Our culture would say, oh, men and women, and now men can be women and women can be men. And there's really nothing defining anything anymore. It's just gender. Like, what is that? You know, it's all self-definition. And um, God's word is so clear that in Genesis, he created male and female. And then throughout scripture, we see very specific passages where we see a beautiful picture, Proverbs 31, Titus 2, um, even passages that aren't female specific, showing us where our priorities should be, showing us that like Psalm 139, we're intricately made by God. Like he has a purpose and plan for us. And as he's forming us and making us feminine, he wants to glorify us or he wants us to glorify him in our femininity. He created women to have the incredible, miraculous ability to get pregnant, to bear children you know, something that a man biologically cannot do. That's not what God made him to do functionally. Um, so just seeing that and going, okay, God, wow, you intentionally, you could have made a genderless world, but you chose to make a male and a female mm-hmm. that should inform us of something. God was intentional. He wants us to glorify him in our femininity, to embrace those unique aspects of our femininity. Um, he wants us to, like you think of marriage and the picture of Christ in the church without a male and a female there wouldn't be that picture that Ephesians 5 talks about of the male representing Christ, the female representing the church, that relationship of how Christ pursues his bride, the bride responds, you know, that same beautiful picture of marriage is pointing to the gospel. Um, we wouldn't have that if there was no gender. So God is showing us um, in scripture over and over again, he has a plan for men. He has a plan for women. Um, our, both of our goals are yes, to glorify God and build his kingdom. But in some specific ways, we do that differently and embracing that because if we lose the picture of male and female, we lose the picture of Christ in the church, the yes. picture God is trying to paint with our gender. That's why I'm so passionate about upholding God's design for gender, because it's not just about me or about someone else's personal preferences or views. It's about holding on to the gospel, holding on to the picture God gave us to reflect him and the story he's telling about Christ. That's what truly matters. And that's why our gender matters. Amen to that. So can you give us some practical tips on how we can take steps towards biblical womanhood, how we can live mm. it on daily? Yes. I love that so much. Practical. How do we get practical? How do we do this? (laughs) Um, Well, if anyone hasn't read Girl Defined, I know that sounds like a shameless plug, but truly Girl Defined, God's radical design for femininity, beauty, or for beauty, femininity, and identity. Um, it's It's a great place to start because I know when I first started studying biblical womanhood, I felt overwhelmed. Like, where do I start? What do I read? I mean, starting in Genesis, reading Genesis one, two, and three, and paying attention to every detail of what God did. And when he made the man, when he made the woman, what he was doing there, read Ephesians five. Those are some great biblical passages to start with. And then jump to Proverbs 31, Titus two. look at passages that are talking to you specifically as a female. Um, but I would say resource-wise, Girl Defined is a book we wrote to bring some of the more complicated biblical truths about womanhood in a, to a resource that's easy to understand 
um, relatable, easy to digest, but still very rich theologically. So you walk away going, okay, I do have a bigger picture of gender, of sexuality, of womanhood, um, of how I can live this out in my day-to-day life. And so getting your hands on solid resources, um, other ones that I recommend, True Woman, True Woman 101 is a Bible study by Nancy DeMoss Volgamuth and Mary Cassian changed my life. I mean, True Woman 101, it is a book. If anyone has access to even the digital copy, like if you can buy it online, it's um, an amazing study into biblical womanhood. So studying for yourself, learning, growing, getting solid gospel-centered resources to help you grow in your faith is one of the hugest ways that I started taking steps toward understanding. And that equipped me with the knowledge of how to live it out. And so just thinking of some practical ways, um, I'm married. I know some listening won't be married, um, but that's, you know, one thing is in my marriage, I, I ask God, <laughs> Regularly, Lord, help me to embrace my role as a wife, um, to live out the picture of the gospel well, to glorify you in my womanhood, in this marriage, and how I treat my husband and how I treat others. Um, I think as women right now, we should all be plugged into a church, right? Living mm-hmm. the gospel community out, like that that biblical church that God paints for us in the New Testament, plugged into a church, and as women serving in our church, serving in beautiful roles, coming alongside others, helping, pouring out. That's something we can do whether we're single or married. Um, I think in the way we present ourselves, right? There's very strong messages about sexuality, sexual allurement, just flaunting what you've got, putting it all out there for anyone. And we see in the, in scriptures, this clear command for us as women to, to be discreet, to be modest in a sense of like, to be appropriate, to be tasteful. Um, and as women, I think that's a huge opportunity for us as Christians in our society to present ourselves in a way that does glorify God, that doesn't just draw eyes to us, but draws eyes to him as they see us in the way we act in our dress in our behavior, our words, um, just thinking, wow, like who am I representing in the way I'm living, the way I'm speaking, the way I'm behaving. And so asking God to help us even refine those areas of our lives. Um, so yeah, there's opportunity for every one of us, no matter what age, what stage we're in to live out a Christ-centered version of womanhood, a redeemed version. None of us are perfect. None of us are going to do it perfectly, but every day waking up and saying, God, your truth over my feelings, your way over the world's way, help me to walk in what you say um, and help me to do that faithfully today. Yeah. So I love how you said that you went to God and you asked him to help you because Mm -hmm. you know we can't do this by ourselves. That's why we need Jesus. And, you know, every single day that we wake up, we have the opportunity to step and to embrace God's design for biblical womanhood, you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Bible says that we are ambassadors for Christ. When we live Mm -hmm. out God's design for womanhood, we bring glory and honor to our Father in heaven. So you wrote in your book that the choices in living out biblical womanhood starts with the heart. What are some practical ways where we can start with the heart on these issues? Mm-hmm. Well, like you just said, going to the Lord and saying, God, I need you change my heart. I mean, that's one of the biggest prayers we can start with is a prayer of humble recognition to God saying, God, I don't have enough. Like I don't have what it takes in my flesh. I don't want to embrace your design. I want to embrace what feels right to me. What's comfortable, what's easy. And so going before the Lord in our hearts and saying, God, help me to trust you. Help me to believe you, despite what I'm hearing in culture, despite what I'm seeing in my own family or amongst my friends, at my school, at my work. Lord, help me to pursue your design first and foremost, to be a light in this world, to shine the light and love of Christ in every area, to live transformed, to be okay with living a radically different life. 
for you, even if I'm the only one, you know, and I think going to the Lord in prayer, asking him for the strength, acknowledging our weaknesses, and then asking him to help us walk that out, to live that out. That is the first most important thing. Something most of us don't often take as much advantage of as we could prayer um, because God wants to strengthen us. He wants to help us. And like we've been saying, it's hard. We need each other. I'm very passionate about the sisterhood. And that's all of us as Christian sisters all over the world, which is why I love this conversation because we're sisters and we live so many thousands of miles <laughs> apart, sisters. right? Different, yeah. <laughs> different time zones. And that's true for everyone around the world. All of us as Christian sisters, we need each other. So we need to link arms, pray for one another. If anyone has a Christian sister, um, you know, biologically, or just a sister in Christ, like going to her saying, Hey, let's encourage each other. Let's pray for each other in this. Cause it's so good to remember. We're not alone. You're not the only one fighting for this. There are women all over the world striving to live out God's design faithfully and follow him faithfully. So let's link arms and be cheering for each other. Yeah, and that's why it's so important for us to, you know, be involved in church and to surround mm-hmm. ourselves with a godly community that can help us live a life for Christ. Yeah. And so in the beginning of the book, you talked about your modeling and how you struggled with insecurities and your identity and all that stuff. And I think a lot of girls these days are finding and putting their identity and worth in the wrong places. You know, they're finding their identity in the clothes they wear or how much they weigh, how much money they have, or if they have a boyfriend or not. But the problem with your identity being placed in the things of this world is that your identity can shake, you know, Mm -hmm. because the Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And so that is why it is so important for us to place our identity in Jesus because he doesn't change. So do you have some Mm -hmm. practical tips on how we as girls can learn to place our worth in Jesus rather than the things of this world? Yeah. Well, getting in the word is the best possible tip I think I could give and not just reading the word, but really like reading it to grow and change. And that's something that I remember distinctly realizing I wasn't doing as a Christian woman. I was reading my Bible, but I wasn't reading it to grow and change. I was reading it to read it because it was what good Christians did. Right. (laughs) And I realized as I came across some commentary in one of the study Bibles I had, the pastor in there wrote and said, if you're not reading the Bible with the intention to grow and change, then you're going to get bored of it pretty quickly and not see any life impact. And you're going to kind of eventually wonder what's the point of this. Um, that those weren't his exact words, but that was the idea. And so I remember thinking, wow, am I reading the Bible to grow and change? Am I looking for application? Am I looking for who God is, who he says I am? And I realized I wasn't. And so what I would encourage every girl listening is to get a journal, get your Bible, carve out 30 minutes each day, pick a, pick a book of the Bible, start at the beginning and every chapter, write the question how can I grow and change at the top? And then as you're reading it and you're looking for life application, you're looking for characters of God. How can I see God's character in this? What is God trying to teach from this? What were the people in this book learning? What lessons can I take? And as we read God's word to grow and change, to me, that's the most practical way we can apply God's truth, which his word, the Bible says it will not return void. It is powerful. It is more powerful than any resource. You know, we love our book, Girl Defined. It is not God's word. It has God's word in it. It's based on God's word, but it's not the direct word of God. We want girls to be in the word of God. That is the most practical way we can fight against lies about our identity, about finding our worth in guys as we study and we see, wow, God loves me so much. God made me for a purpose. Wow. God is calling me to put off idols, to put off 
false temporary pleasures and instead pursue a deep relationship with him. Wow. What does that mean? Okay. Let me dig into this more. As we study to learn to grow and change, we'll realize the, the things that feel so big, like, oh, I weigh too much, or does that guy like me? Or I hate my nose. You know, I hated my nose for years. And God <laughs> finally revealed, like I was so self-consumed. My focus was on me and what I thought versus God. And I had a very ungrateful heart and God helped me see through his word. I needed to put on gratitude. I needed to put on thankfulness and I needed to focus on the Lord and not myself. Just things like that. If we're not in the word, we can't be convicted by the word. We can't be changed by the word. We can't, our eyes can't be open to truth because we're not reading truth. And so that is the best way to combat lies about our identity, about any area of our lives as women to get wisdom, to grow in what's true, we've got to be in the word. So I challenge everyone listening right now, commit to 30 minutes a day, right at the top. How can I grow and change? Pick the book of the Bible, start at chapter one. And I think you'll be amazed to see what God does in your heart. I totally understand what you're saying, because at first, when I started reading my Bible, I wasn't really enjoying it. And that was because mm -hmm. it was like something I would just tick off my list, you know, pray my Bible yes. for the day. Great. But it wasn't actually changing me. You know, I would read it, mm -hmm. forget what it said. But once yes. I, you know, sat down and I was like, Lord, speak to me. I want to learn. I want to be more like your son. And I intentionally mm -hmm. wanted to read the word, not just to be a good Christian, but to change me yes. as Jesus. That's when it actually began to transform my life and make me a better person. Amen. Yes. And that's why God gave us his word, right? Not exactly. just to be an inspirational book, but to to help us know who he is and then how to find help for our sin struggles, our brokenness, because that's the reality of the world we live in. But we always read with hope because we know Jesus is victorious in the end and we won't struggle forever. One day we'll be in heaven with him as his children. One day he's coming back to this earth to set things right once and for all. And so we can read as we struggle with so much hope as God is growing and changing us because there's so much more hope to come. Yes, exactly. So in your book, you talk about the wimpy woman. What defines this and how can mm -hmm. this title be avoided? Right. Well, it's so interesting because if you look in culture and you look at the messages coming out of Hollywood magazines, what the world says is a strong woman is actually what the Bible would often call a wimpy woman. So for example, like we talked about sexuality, the world says, oh, a strong woman, she knows who she is. She embraces whatever sexual identity feels right to her. She um, you know, explores all things sexual, whatever feels good in the moment. Um, that's her choice. And then we see, oh, the world says that's a strong, empowered woman. But then in biblical terms, we see the Bible's calling us to purity, to honor others, to honor God in our sexuality. God's calling us to embrace our identity as women, accept that as truth, to walk in that identity. Um, the Bible is calling us to abstain from sexual immorality. That's a true strong woman. A wimpy woman biblically just says, oh yeah, I'm just going to do what feels good. I'm going to do what seems right to me. I'm going to do what the world's telling me to do. I'm just going to embrace whatever my mind thinks is good. God's word says, no, that's wimpy. That's weak. That's the flesh. Strength is found in my truth. When you say, no, I know I feel that in my flesh, but that's not what's true. God, give me the strength to stand strong on your truth, to live as a strong biblical woman for your glory. And so it's the opposite, right? So we have to remember that so often what our world says is strength. The Bible often says is weak and wimpy and fleshly. And so we need to make sure when we're thinking of what is a strong woman, and we're answering that question that our definition of a strong woman is coming from God's word and not the world, because whatever we think a strong woman is, that's what we're going to chase after. So if we get our definition right, according to God's word, 
then we're going to see where true strength is found, what a true strong woman is. And it looks polar, polar opposite of what the world is telling us. Yes, that's so true. And I think, you know, when we hear things from the world, when culture tells us things, we always have to back it up with the word of God to see if Mm -hmm. it's actually true. Yeah. So Christine, I've had such an awesome time having this conversation with you. I wish we could talk all day long, but yes, time isn't in our favor today. <laughs> I'm super excited that you are releasing a new book soon. From the books I've read that you've published, I can see that you and your sister Bethany have a lot of potential and a lot of wisdom. And I can't wait to see the amazing things God is going to do through you and your sister and your ministry. So before Mm -hmm. we go, can you tell my audience where to find you, where to buy this book, your social media accounts, etc.? Oh, thanks. Yeah, we would love to connect with anyone listening. Like I said, I love the sisterhood from around the world. You can connect with us on our website, girldefined.com. We just recently had it completely remodeled. It's been in the works for a year um, and it is just launching this week. So really excited. There are hundreds of free resources on girldefined.com that you can access and download and read and watch listen to, to grow in your understanding of biblical womanhood. We're also on social media. So Instagram at girldefined. Facebook, Girl Defined. Um, We have a YouTube channel, Girl Defined. Um, And then our podcast, which is called The Girl Defined Show, available wherever you can find podcasts. And then our four books that are currently out, um, Girl Defined, Love Defined, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. And then our most recent one is our devotional, Shine Bright, 60 Days to Becoming a Girl Defined by God. That could be a great starter too. Yeah. And then our (laughs) upcoming book, which is currently available for pre-order, not part of the plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. All of those are on our website at girldefined.com. They're also all on Amazon and pretty much any online retailer. Well, Christine, thank you so much again for having this conversation with me. I really did enjoy spending time with you. Guys, please make sure to go check out the Girl Defined show and all the social media accounts. But guys, that is it for today's episode. Remember and never forget, Jesus loves you. Peace.